What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast, the alternative back alley, underbelly, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get that hot podcast action from Spotify and specifically Apple. If you're on Apple, you know, don't be shy. Go ahead. Say hello. Leave us a review. Hit us with that five-star review. We love five-tool baseball players, but you know what we love more than that? Five-star review, so don't be shy. We are recording right here in Seattle, Washington, in Wallingford at Murphy's Pub once again. This is our Murphy's Pub session. We got some big, big episodes coming up. There'll be a little bit of an announcement about that. How about right now? Yeah, next week, tune in to our two-part episode with Tom Hutler. That's right. We got the Seattle Mariners public address announcer. I guess that's redundant, right? Public address announcer. It's the PA guy who's been there since 1987. Anyways, we're back here today talking about the weekend that, or week, I should say, that was the Mariners uh, media scrum, the media opening, the we're finally getting some questions to these answers that we've been speculating. So we're just here kind of breaking that down and also talking about uh, the All-Star game and whatever else has just happened in the last week. There's just been a lot of stuff. It feels like the Mariners were holding back all this information. Now they're regurgitating it all over us. Probably a terrible, terrible example, but it's we've been slimed by uh, Mariner News. We're here just trying to sift through it, right, Hanno? Yeah, a lot of information came out. You know, I mean, it was like drinking through a fire hose, getting all this information that we've had. So, uh, yeah, that is a go over. That is a better analogy. Uh, today we got the ninja hanging out with us here. You're, You're back up again. You say that again. Again. Again, you're back. You're, this you're is, back. You're back. And gracing us in the stat department today is my lovely girlfriend. She's here with the facts and the stats. Are you ready? Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'll just be on the sidelines, crunching the numbers, doing some stretches. You know, just getting ready to drop these cybermetrics and analytics for you all. I love it. Let's get right into it. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take me to the ball game. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. Did it again and again and again. Did it again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the kingdom. So, anyways, let's let's get right to these pressing matters. I know we got a, a lot to talk about. We got Castillo not being in the WBC. We got the top 10 snubs. We got all the Mariner stuff. But here's something that affects me directly, and I want to get right into it. It's the partnership ending between YouTube and MLB Network. Have you heard about this, Hanno? Yeah, I heard a lot, of, a lot about it. I mean, there's about 40% of homeowners in the greater Seattle area that have cut the cord. So this is a big deal for them to lose um, the MLB network on the YouTube app. Yeah, it's annoying. It's really annoying, especially if you're one of those people that signs up, you know, weekly with uh, 
you know, burner emails <laughs> to get the the, the YouTube uh, TV, which also you know does have uh, typically MLB TV. Uh, but with the YouTube app, you also can watch the MLB Network pretty much anywhere. It's not like Comcast Xfinity that you have up in Seattle where you have to be in home on the Wi-Fi to use most of the features. With YouTube TV, I sound like I'm doing a an ad for them right now. I don't know if it's YouTube's problem or MLB problem, but in the past we have seen MLB break all kinds of uh, cable contracts, and it's kind of annoying. Anyways, we're going to check out what they said on Variety. Tanya, what did they say here? Just break it down to us, and we'll try to figure it out. So it looks like what's happening here is Google's YouTube TV and Major League Baseball failed to reach a renewal for MLB Network before it expired at the end of January. And as a result, the channel is no longer available on the internet streaming package. So that means as of January 31st, the MLB Network was dropped from the YouTube TV lineup. In addition, YouTube TV customers have lost any previously recordings made from MLB Network on the cloud DVR. Okay, so basically, even on top of them canceling it, if you had shit saved, it's, it's gone. That's what I understand. Oh, the way she God. Go on. So with spring training about to start, we regret that YouTube has been unwilling to negotiate a fair carriage agreement. That's from the MLB Network, uh, what they said in a statement there. So MLB Network has offered terms consistent with what close to 300 other U.S. providers have agreed for distribution. So let me ask you this, Myron. Do you watch Mariner games on this app? No, I typically watch Mariners games, you know, down in the LA market on MLB TV, which I get from the season tickets, or I illegally, <laughs> yes, I go creatively, yes, underground to watch it. Uh, what else do they have going on here? So it's not the worst thing, but it's a big thing because it's the Major League Baseball Network who you watch a lot of and right. see highlights. Yeah, they have all the top 10 countdowns, which we'll get into, which may we may or may not agree with. Uh, we also have, you know, they have the MLB movies that are on there, or baseball movies. I mean, usually League of Their Own or Ed Burns Baseball's on there, Bull Durham. You know, it's a baseball-centric network, which I think out of the major three has the best programming on there, especially because baseball is a six to seven months long a year. You add spring training. We're talking there's only like three months off of baseball. It's, con- it's something that's constantly updating every day versus uh, NFL or NBA or hockey. Yeah, I would agree with you. They do great programming. I mean, I love the... The uh, MLB tonight, where they go over the highlights at night. Um, intentional talk later in the afternoon, where they, you know, do a lot of ballpark cam and interview players. I mean, it, it, it's a great content if you're a baseball fan. Right. So YouTube on went on to say what else? Well, YouTube is saying that they it, they hope to continue. They okay. So YouTube says that they hope to eventually reach a deal to restore the MLB network to the quote unquote over-the-top service. We've held good faith negotiations with MLB for several months to renew our deal and continue carrying their content on our YouTube, according to a spokesperson um, for the streaming service. 
they continue to say, unfortunately, despite our best efforts, we were unable to reach a new agreement before our existing one expired. YouTube's kind of pointing their finger at, and they're not kind of, they're pointing their finger at MLB. What does YouTube got to say about it, according to this Variety article? Well, the YouTube TV rep added that MLB is a longstanding and important partner to YouTube, so we'll continue our conversations with them, which is corporate speak, basically, for TBD. <sighs> well, it just seems like they're at a standstill. We've seen this with the labor unions. It kind of sucks, especially because MLB has what says here, what? 250 live regular season games and spring training games? That's right. They plan to air more than 250 live regular games and spring training games. In, in addition, they'll carry the MLB Network Showcase telecast, the MLB First Year Hall of Fame draft, the MLB draft combine, the National Baseball Hall of Fame induction, induction ceremony, live on-site coverage from the World Baseball Classic, MLB London Series, All-Star Game and World Series, and at least seven different daily studio shows, including the Emmy-winning MLB Tonight. So everything. Everything. Yeah, that's a lot. That is a lot. And, you know, it sucks. You know, in L.A., if you're a Dodgers or Angels fan and you don't have Bally Sports or Fox Sports, you know, it's it's or you don't have Spectrum, I should say. You don't get the Dodgers games. You don't get the Angels games, which means you don't get the Mariners games. And they're blacked out on MLB. Uh, I don't think this has to do with the actual YouTube games of the week or the Apple games or Facebook. It, it's definitely a guessing game to where to find games now, and that's what I guess is frustrating. And then you add this to the you know, pile, it really sucks. I don't know. Moving on, let's let's get into some more bad news here. MLB uh, Network finally finished up, you know, just to send us off into this weekend. Uh, their top ten at every position. We actually recorded an episode, you know, thinking that uh, Cal Raleigh or assuming Cal Raleigh would be on the top ten. He's not. We assume Luis Castillo would be a top ten pitchers being on this list. They're not. How do you feel about that right now? Well, the catcher one is a big surprise to me. Um, by looking at the other names, I feel like Cal is, has definitely showed himself and his talents this last year and kind of came out, played a lot more games, and is a better player than a lot of those guys in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Ninja, what do, you, what do you think about – let's start with – let's start with uh, – Cal Raleigh not being in the top 10. What are you thinking about that? I'm trying. I need the stat department to back me up, but I think he hit the most home runs as a catcher last year. He did. Yeah. He threw out the most base runners as a catcher last year, or he was up there, I know. At least he was percentage up wise, he was the percentage best. Percentage wise, yeah. he was the best. I just remember that. I was trying to look it up right now, but if you have those two things, we're. Important like, stats of being a catcher, mm -hmm. defensively and offensively, you're no doubt. Yeah, but I mean, let's just look at the list. The stat department has gotten back to us. Uh, can you read? Can we get the top ten on the from the stat department? Yeah, you got it. So for the catchers here, we've got at number one going one through ten. We've got JT Real Muto. Number two, Will Smith. Not that Will Smith. Number three, Adley Rushman. Four, Sean Murphy. At number five, Wilson Contreras. Six is Alejandro Kirk. Coming in at number seven, we got Travis Diarnod. Diarnod. We'll take either. At eight, we've got 
Salvi Perez. There you go. Nine, Danny Jensen. And at 10, last not least, Tyler Stevenson. Okay, I already have issues with a lot of these names on here where I feel like Cal should be, you know, halfway top up this. Four. Yeah, top four, top five, top six, top seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, let's just start with number 10. Tyler Stevenson, Cincinnati Reds, and Danny Jansen. Toronto Blue Jays, and if you're keeping track here and you know your stuff, we have two fucking catchers on this list from one team, and you don't put Cal Raleigh on here. A team, I may add, that we took out in the playoffs. I understand Alejandro Kirk, okay? Talking about Toronto Blue Jays here. He made the all-star team. He was, was he, he may have been even the starting catcher, I'm not sure, but... Danny Jansen, good hitter. Played, what, 75 damn games last year? You know? What did Cal Raleigh do? I don't know. Carried the Mariners, you know, at the end of the season. Caught 18 innings with a broken thumb. You know, put the Mariners into the playoffs. Has the home run that, you know, I would say rivals, you know, the feelings that we had of Game Five when Griffey slid home, the, the you know, with the Edgar double, it just doesn't seem right. I know the guys on MLB all had them on the list, but the shredder, the shredder did not put them on there. How do you feel about that, Hanson? Well, yeah, I know Cal started off the season not with his best numbers as far as average wise, and that hurt him going into his overall numbers. But throughout the year, he hit very well, like Ninja said. Hit a lot of home runs, but defensively, I just put him up against uh, Alejandro Kirk and what he was able to do with throwing out guys. I mean, there's just a big difference there, and it's just I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see all their metrics and what they actually looked into. Ninja? I'm looking up stats. I'm getting, you know, I understand Real Muto had 21 stolen bases. That's crazy for a catcher. He's how valuable we are, to, you know. But everyone after that, uh, you know, Will Smith had 25 home runs, it says. I don't understand why Kyle Raleigh is not coming up on this fan graphs like home run leaders. It just doesn't seem right, especially if you're MLB and you're looking for a name. I guess the computer doesn't care about big moments. It's just going off in numbers here. This guy was clutch. I mean... How many, you know, game-tying home runs? How many game, uh, you know, breaking it open home runs did he have? He had a, quite a few of these coming off the bench. I mean, this dude's just a gamer. He's a switch hitter. Uh, the shift's going away, which makes his value from the left side shoot through the damn roof. He only had 370 at-bats last year, you know. He started off at batting, like, 150. He ended the season at at like you know two eleven whatever, but yeah, I mean he he dug himself out of he dug himself out of a big hole. Mm-hmm. But like comparing him to like not a top ten catcher, it's it's crazy. It's cool. You know, see, seeing that like he only had three hundred and seventy at bats, and I guess he tied for the lead with twenty seven home runs with the uh, the Varsho from from Arizona. You know, but if you look at I was looking at you know contact rate and bad swing rate and this is and the, the defensive stats and it's it's just crazy. It is. Well, and the thing of it is too, without having Tom Murphy there, I felt like he never really truly had a backup. I mean, at all. At all, I feel like he played. I'd be interested to look to see how many games he started. He played the rest of the, the end of the year with a broken thumb. Yeah. 
a broken thumb that gets no 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 grit points given away on top of whatever the stats say. I just there's no justice. Yeah, there's no justice for Big Dumper. I I'm just shame on you, Shredder. Luis Castillo. I don't know. One of the more dominating pitchers in the second half of the season throughout all of last year. Obviously, he did great in the postseason. Not on this list. Uh, stat department, can we get this list to us? Yeah, let's talk about who is on the list. Yeah. So right now for starting pitchers, again, 1 through 10, we've got at number 1, Corbin Burns. Corbin Burnson? Oh, Corbin Burns. Okay, sorry. Corbin, thanks for the fact check. Corbin Burns. At number 2, we've got Justin Verlander. At 3, Carlos Rodon. At four, Max Scherzer. Five, Sandy Alcantara. At six, Shohei Otani. Seven, Max Fried. Eight, Zach Wheeler. At nine, Jacob deGrom. And at 10, Julio Urias. Well, I will say that the starting pitchers isn't such of an outrage of not having Cal Raleigh on there, but I still feel like there's not enough what have you done for me lately on this list. What do you think, Hanno? Yeah, I mean, having Jacob DeGrom on a list like that who hardly played last year is suspect to me. Um, maybe if they're going off of stuff, and I would understand that why they would put Jacob DeGrom on that, as far as just stuff-wise goes, Luis Castillo is, has the great stuff. He might have not had the numbers like some of those guys did last year, like Verlander with winning the Cy Young and stuff like that. But if you're going to put DeGrom in there, I think I could see uh, Luis Castillo definitely is an, in the 9 or 10 slot. Yeah. I, I'm i just looking at how many of these teams, too, made it in the playoffs and how many didn't. Obviously, they, they don't care about this. So maybe the, the postseason stats weren't in there, but he was, you know, pretty dominating in the postseason you know in the what did he get two starts only but you know he pitched against toronto and he pitched against houston and didn't give up much well shredder graphs you need to get your shit together yeah and and the the shredder you know is this shredder from the ninja turtles is he is he an antagonist to the mares it sounds like it to me spent the first part of the show on on some negative stuff here's some positive stuff here's some positive spin uh luis castillo who we're talking about guess what not going to be pitching in the wbc for team dominican republic how's that make you feel hanno i mean as a mariner fan that's like that's very very good news because he won't get that be getting that wear and tear on his arm early on the season um you know, those are games that are high, very competitive. Um, he, you might not have the Mariners 
as you would as with the Mariners looking out for his best interest. Um, he could be pitching, you know, longer innings than probably he's ready for. So I think it's a it's a good deal if you're a Mariner fan. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we just cut a pitching episode that's going to um, be available Wednesday or Thursday this, this week talking about the depth of the Mariners. It's, it's an awesome episode because we haven't really talked too much about the starting pitching here, and we, we've kind of teased this on the last episode. We're going to be talking about it, and when we did the episode, we were concerned about this WBC and talking about the Wade Miley stuff and... Smiley. Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley, sorry. Drew Smiley. Talking about Drew Smiley. We did an episode where we were talking about the Drew Smiley stuff. We also were bringing up that he had, uh, Castillo had some shoulder fatigue to start off the season. But that's why we were looking at our depth in a positive way. Probably leave that in there. I don't know if we'll get rid of it. But also thinking that this was going to be pushing us towards the six-man rotation. And this... You know, going off what Jerry said and him not being a WBC, it kind of makes it feel like we're going to be looking at that five-man rotation. And also, it definitely shows you the commitment to somebody that signed a big contract to the organization. You're talking about the rotation yet during the uh, Mariner luncheon slash press conference. Jerry did say emphatically that they will only be going with a five-man rotation this year. Yeah. I Whether we believe that or not, uh, we kind of... Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I think I do. And we're, we'll get into some of this Jerry stuff now. How about we jump into that? It's a nice little segue. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Jerry had a lot to say. He, listen, let's be fair to Jerry, whether you believe everything that he's saying or you don't. He's at least a guy out there that doesn't sway away from talking. He doesn't sway away from answering questions, whether he gives you the answers you want or not. He, he's... he's very available. Yeah, I mean, listening to these press conferences at the beginning of the year, he gets you really jacked up, feeling good about where the Mariners are in the team. But then in the back of it, you're also knowing that he's a GM and he's... And a president of operations. Yeah, actually that's not giving you the full story. So there's also that to it as well. So, I mean, it's very informative, but also you have to kind of read in between the lines on certain things. Okay, and so what happened last week was like I was talking to and alluding to at the top of the episode, was the Mariners, what, media scrum, media luncheon. Uh, you know, you had Scott Service, you had Jerry, you had Justin Hollander, you had Teoscar Hernandez, you had Colton Wong, you had Cal Raleigh. Everybody out here just doing the big press. This is the big first meet and greet for 2023, correct? Yeah, exactly. They also went over some things for the All-Stars. Uh, all-star game that's coming to Seattle some some news and notes on that they went over the Mariners are partnering with uh, a baseball training facility that we are friends with Kevin Miller he's involved with it with EL1 baseball yeah congrats Kevin so yeah I mean they went over a lot of different things besides just the team right but getting back to the team uh, you know a lot of things were brought up, and one of them was the health. There's been a lot of questions about the health because, hey, last year that was good to us as far as pitching. We, we did have some uh, a little bit of health going on throughout the year. A lot of the time we didn't know about it. We didn't know about Winker's injuries, you know, and we had some other players that had some dinged-up things. Uh, I'm just going to yell out some names here, and you tell me what Jerry was telling 
everybody about their health. And let's start off with somebody we were talking about, Cal Raleigh. What's going on with Cal? Cal Raleigh is ready to go. He had that uh, thumb surgery that was uh, taken care of during the offseason. Um, he just got back from down in Arizona and where he just got a chance to catch his first bullpens. They expect him to be ready to go come spring training here in the next week or so. And I kind of heard that he's swinging the bat. Is that is that correct? I would I would assume so. Um, I just heard that he caught a bullpen. Yeah, who did he catch this bullpen from is what we need to know, did they say? A Mariner starting pitcher. Which one? Name anyone. Marco? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, how about Sam Haggerty, Grandma Norma's, one of Grandma Norma's boys, Sam Haggerty. Uh, had that, what, he had a hamstring injury or no, it was a, a groin injury, right? To- yeah, remember, it took him out of the playoffs last year. Uh Big deal for the Mariners, uh, not having his legs in extra innings or defensive presence, as well as being the switch hitter that he is. But, yeah, all repaired and should be ready to go. So that's good news with Sam Haggerty. Yeah, that is. I mean, he's also one of these guys, like if Jared Kelnick doesn't work out the way or the pace that we want, he's somebody, you know, that you can plug in there. Yeah, just another weapon um, in an ideal world, in my opinion, to come off the bench. Here's another name, big name, uh, Andres Munoz. Yeah, he, I guess, had some sort of foot injury, was in a walking boot here until just recently, just got out of it and started throwing a bullpen. Sounds good. Uh, You know, he's a relief pitcher, so they traditionally don't need too much time to get ready versus, like, a starter as far as conditioning. Um, You know, it it was crazy to hear that he was pitching – what, part of last year, especially at the end, was a broken bone in his foot? Is that correct? I, I don't know if it was a broken bone, but I do know it was a f- something to do with his Some sort foot. Of, okay. Uh, what about uh, Paul Seawald? I heard there was a little bit, of, little bit of work that Paul Seawald had to get done. And I can't really remember exactly what it was, if it was his elbow or if it was his lower body. But same thing as Munoz. Um, all, all is well, and he will be ready for spring training. That sounds good. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, we know he had the, the back thing and had a sore wrist, but then what, he, he banged up his finger in that last game, similar to the way Suarez did? Yeah, had that, as you know, uh, like you said, they had that back injury problem. You would notice him in the bench later on in the year with that heat pad or whatever he was wearing, and then, like you said, he had that finger issue. Uh in the playoffs that he played through. So, according to Jerry, Julio is all fixed up and ready to go. Uh, and then Demo, who we'll get into a little bit later, more extensively about him, he's uh, coming off an injury as well. Yeah, I think it was an oblique or something, but they're a little bit more concerned with him. He's not quite ready. Um, they think he's maybe three weeks behind everybody, so I'm not sure if that means he's three weeks behind everybody in spring training or the regular season. But, it's, but um, it's something that out of all the Mariner players that they asked about with injuries, he's the one that's farthest behind as far as his rehab. Yeah, well, let's hope he gets back. He just signed a bit of extension, which we'll get into. Uh, another guy that we haven't heard his name quite a bit. He was part of the plans. If you go back a couple of years ago, Evan White uh, seems to be healthy coming into spring training. Yeah, I know we'll talk about him. That's a big name. Uh, had some major injuries. Hasn't been with a big club in two years. 
add, I believe, a, a sports hernia last year and something else that affected him that cut his season short, but he should be ready to be a full, full go at spring training and be able to uh, fight for a spot on the roster. Yeah. Uh We'll get into that because that's that's something we want to talk about. And then how about Eugenio Suarez? We know he like broke the tip of his finger and was maybe not going to be in the field last year going down the stretch. And in the postseason, he was. Uh, he seemed to be back in the lineup doing fine. What's, what's up with him? Yeah, I mean, just watching him go through that, it seemed like it was a non-issue and a non-thing for him. Uh, after he re- Recame or after he came back in the lineup after that injury, I would not even notice that he had an injury. So it was a non-factor, I guess, uh, that it's not going to be a problem or anything nagging. It got taken care of or it healed. And last time I heard, he was down in the Venezuelan Venezuelan league um, performing in their home run derby. So he should be a go. I'm just going to say he's a go. So what else was Jerry saying here in the uh, the presser that jumped out at you, Hanno, that was your some more of your big takeaways? Was it the budget? Was it the gap between Houston? Uh, what was he saying? Yeah, a couple things. Uh, first, like you mentioned just now, I'll just start off with that. He talked about the gap with Houston. Uh, he mentioned how it was a 16-game gap, obviously. He did mention how out of the 19 games they played last year, 15 were in the first half. Right. And he talked about how that was how they were such a different club in the first half compared they compared to what they were at the end of the season and after the break. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, he talked about how Kirby and Julio and Cal became uh, a big part of their club, and then getting Luis Castillo at the deadline. I mean, Jerry believes and admits, or he believes that. Houston would admit that Seattle is a much better club and closer club to them than what the 16 games showed at the end of the year. I think so, and I think you saw it in that, yes, in that three-game series. But, yes, did, did they get swept yet? But I think everybody, not just Mariner fans, look at that sweep and go, man, it could have went either way. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And then he also mentioned, you know, by this year adding a Kelton Wong – uh, Tioscar Hernandez, and then our pitching staff. We just have such a higher floor and ceiling as a club going into this year, and what where Houston either added a player, you know, in the big first baseman from the White Sox that's now in their club, or they lose somebody. He just feels like they're closer. They're it's going to be a closer race between the two teams this year. I mean, he went. I heard an interview with him, and uh, it was a couple questions that the interviewer asked him on sports radio. And the questions were like, Jerry, he asked him last year, so he said, where do you think the, uh, do you think the Mariners are a playoff team? And Jerry answered, yeah, I think so. I and, then agree. He, and he asked about him this year, coming into this 2023 season, Jerry said, no doubt in his mind that they're a playoff team. Yeah, I agree with that. And he asked about him if, if they can challenge and win the AL West. Jerry said, I think so. And then followed up by asking, are they a World Series team? And Jerry said, yes, so... It was very interesting to hear the difference between year to year and where Jerry thinks they are to win the West. And I think for Jerry, it just sounds like he just wants to get in the playoffs and anything can happen. Yeah, I think it, we saw it this year. Once you get there, you're there, you know, especially with the expanded playoffs. You're getting the three-game series, you know, versus the one and done. 
you know, winning the West would obviously put them in a better situation, especially with the buy and the pitching staff that you have, and you can set your one, two, three up. But also, you can't just go, hey, I think we can win this division that easily when you have the Astros in it. But I also feel like, you know, if they end up not winning the West and it's closer, let's just say they miss the game by uh, the playoffs. Let's say they miss the, excuse me, the winning the AL West pennant by four or five games, that's an improvement. And you're still in the same situation, still available to make it to the, you know, World Series. What do you, what do you think, Ninja? I think we're going to face some real tough pitching in the West this year. It's going to be real fun to watch. But we're also not going to have to face Verlander five times. You know? No, but we're going to have to face DeGrom five times. No. We only play Texas, you know. Only so many. The, the schedule is a okay. little different this year. Fair so enough. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna face these top end pitcher or you know actually Verlander last year. Yeah. Well, it seemed like we faced him like every time, but I guess we're still gonna have to face Degrom and we're gonna have to face Otani. You know, but at least Verlander's gone. But. Houston's pitching was their strength, but I, I'm not completely sold on it. Their batting lineup is is great. Are we going to contend for the West? It's going to go through Houston. We're still going to have to like win more games in Houston, man. They're they're you know top to bottom lineup is you know especially with them being in the in the in the playoffs in the World Series as many years as they have these last six years. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Jerry also went out and was talking about the budget. Uh, he was saying, right, Hanno, uh, why we didn't get some of these free agents and the budget together. The budget is, I guess, put together in November, which was interesting for him to say, pretty transparent. They get a number of what they can spend. Um, but if push comes to shove, if there's just something out there, you know, they're willing to whip out the credit card and put it on credit, you know, luxury taxes or whatever. I guess they just didn't find the right person. Uh, a little bit more on that, Hanno? Yeah, I heard that same question maybe worded a little differently. It was asked, uh, why didn't you make the big free agent splash, which was interesting to me. And he flat out said it, it didn't feel right. The, the right fit didn't exist. So, I mean, to me, player-wise, there was fits out there. If it, the only way it didn't fit was probably financially. Absolutely, I think the word "fit" means cost. I think that's what he's saying. Like the price for that just didn't fit into the budget. So that's where I think you know Jerry intentionally uses those words in the right ways to you know not contradict himself. But when you read through the lines, it definitely has to be the cost because I look at all these players and I go, Trey Turner would fit on any lineup. Uh, Aaron Judge, you don't think he would fit in left field? A, a place that has always haunted the Mariners for stability. So fit definitely has to be cost. Let me ask you if you agree with this. He was asked uh, why this team is better this year, and he, he mentioned a few things. The first was he feels the team's more talented. He feels that there's fewer holes in this team and the lineup's a lot deeper. Uh, he also believes the rotation um, – is the best since he has been in baseball as far as a baseball guy, baseball ops guy. 
And also he, he, he credits the defense. I mean, he says it can be subjective. You know, he's pretty high on them, but he thinks it's one of the better defenses in baseball and as well as he touts our bullpen. Do you agree with those things? Yeah, I do. I, I didn't I – was, I wasn't upset with much of what he said. It kind of felt like nothing was a big surprise to me of what he said. The only thing I really felt a little bit surprised was was finding out which players were dinged up. But also, these are kind of like the cleanup. It seemed like a lot of cleanup injuries like we talked about. A lot of things that, you know, baseball players, especially when you've put that many years into the game, you know, going, you know, back to, you know, high school, to college, to the minor leagues, and then you're putting 162 on them. I definitely think that... You don't get to hear that a lot out of GMs. Yeah, and he mentioned, he said, don't blame or don't judge us on our opening day roster. Judge us at the end of the season. Um, For sure. Obviously, I mean, he's looking at the development of the team. He's looking to add versus, you know, via the the minors through development and promoting through within and then trades, not just at the trade deadline, but earlier if he thinks he can pull off something that will help this club. Yeah, I think you look at the Pollock. AJ Pollock move, you know, you're supplementing, uh, you're, you're you're protecting, you know, the Kelnicks or Tramel, whoever wins that left field spot that's going to be coming from the left-handed side, trying to avoid, and the same thing that Hollander is talking about, avoid the, it's okay for Kelnick or Tramel to go 0 for 8, 0 for 9 stretches. That happens in baseball, 0 for 10. But then you throw in a couple of hard lefties that you have to go up there and face. Now you're looking at 0 and 18. Now you're in your head. We've seen that with Kelnick. Uh, do I think the team's going to look the same? No, especially when you still have Flex and you still have Marco. You're possibly going down to this five-man rotation. You have these, uh, you know, up-and-coming pitchers in the depth. We're going to get a full season of Luis Castillo. It, yeah, you know that's going to make a huge difference. Uh, Logan's going to be better. All our pitchers going to be better, and you know Houston's going to be uh, knocked down a rung. Yeah, and as well as Kirby's going to get a full season, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were talking about giving some of these players runways, going like, look what happened if we didn't give, you know, even Julio had a runway. There was a, there was a, there was a point. In, oh, here's Shelly. There is a sipper break here at Murphy's on 45th. The oldest operating Irish pub bar spirits place in all of Seattle. Isn't that correct, uh, Shelly? Oh, are you not getting on the mic after last episode? Are you scared of the microphone? Okay. Back to what we were saying, like the runways for the Cal Raleigh's, the Julio's. Julio could have easily, you could have easily championed for him to be sent back down being like it was too early. Uh, you know. I was not one of those. No, 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 no. But there was a lot of people going out there going like, hey, we got to Move this guy. We got to send this person down. You know, Logan, definitely the year before, they brought him up, had some rough patches, but also gave him the runway to figure it out. And that's what Justin was talking about. And and speaking of, you know, Logan, you know, which is Ninja's favorite pitcher on the team. Is he still your favorite pitcher? On the team right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, personally. I mean. Personally. But Luis Castillo He's probably a better pitcher than Logan right now. Okay, but, but I mean, personally, 
Because of the, the selfie you took. Remember, yeah. Tanya, he took the selfie with Logan? That was his first major league win. Do you remember that down there? I do remember. Mm-hmm. I do. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, I asked his family to get out of the way so I could go take a picture with him. That a boy. There was no. an elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an elbow. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Justin Hollander was asked, is there a player outside of Julio that he's excited for that he thinks just going to turn – the page big time and he picked Logan and even said hey I wouldn't be surprised if you look up and one of the starters in the all-star game is Logan Gilbert and and I kind of agree with that because and I say this because he was kind of on that trajectory until he ran into a rough patch in June I couldn't agree with you more last year the way he started out he was looking like he could start the all-star game maybe Cy Young like he was incredible that first part of the year then he got a little fatigued or hit a little bump in the road and he quite, wasn't quite that same player. There was some backlash from some of the fans I noticed, but he's he's a heck of a pitcher. I, I, I'm really high on him. I'm with Ninja. He's a great pitcher. Yeah, especially when he grows his goatee, it seems like. Walter. Tr- brings it up to another level. I heard he had to shave that off for the wedding, uh, but maybe we'll see it <laughs> back uh, back. <laughs> Do you think he, Tanya, do you think he should have shaved that? Was that a good move for the wedding picture? I think you got to go back to happy wife, happy life. He's just getting a head start. So I'm going to say, yeah, smart move. Uh, But could happy wife, okay, for that, but maybe grow it back for the season because he's probably looking for a big contract extension. Happy wife, happy life there, too. Well, yeah, so here's the thing. Once he's married, you know. He's crossed that bridge. Now he can grow back, back to business as usual. Yeah, and if he stops shaving things, she can stop shaving things, right? <laughs> that's a fair deal. <laughs> a fair deal. I said, yeah, that's a fair deal. You stop shaving, I stop shaving. Okay, now we're getting into the demokes. We have one. We got needs three. to be more beards in the MLB. Like, man. <laughs> Who's the last great beard? There's you tons know, of like, them. What are you talking about? There's too many. Right now, I can't think of any. Like, There's a lot of bacteria going around. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Big, uh, big move. The, uh, the Mariners avoided arbitration with Dylan Moore. And they signed him for a three-year contract at a little, almost nine million dollars. Correct? Yeah, it was eight point eight seven five. Tanya, what what are all the details on this? So basically, Moore, who hadn't yet agreed to terms on a twenty twenty-three contract, he's in a second year of arbitration eligibility, and he's now locked up for his final two arbitration years and one free agent season. Moore is recovering from off-season surgery on his core that had been nagging him since late August when he went on the 10-day injured list with a right oblique strain. He recently experienced a minor setback, but he should be ready for opening day. So with the Dylan Moore extension, Hanno, how do you feel about that? I mean, it kind of backs up that, hey, JP and Wong and maybe even Ty and Swire, all these guys are going to be able to maybe get off their feet now and then. Well, yeah. I mean, he, in my opinion, is the only super utility player on this Mariner club. And you don't have to waste an extra spot for another guy that Absolutely. plays it. position. Absolutely. He can play all over the infield, play in the outfield. He can, uh, you know, steal you a bag if, you know, let's say Cal Raleigh gets on 
late in innings and you need one run, get you, you know, get you in the second base, hopefully on a stolen base, even swipe third possibly, have somebody knock him in. Um, and pinch running, I mean, he's, he's a util- super utility, like I said. Yeah, and I feel like you already got him. You know who he is. You're not giving up a ton of money. We're talking less than $3 million a year for what he does. It, it makes sense. Yeah, every team needs a player like him. Bold prediction, Dylan Moore makes the all-star team. That is bold. That is bold. That is bold. Just saying, they made, they added the utility position to the all-star roster. Oh, I didn't know that. I think that might be just to add somebody at any position and go, he's utility. But that's got to go off of your hitting. So he's got to he's got to put the hitting. He could have a breakout play. season. He's he's he at could. that point in his career Anybody where could. he could have a breakout utility man season. You know, he plays so many positions and he comes out and he hits. He just has an outstanding, you know, start to the season. Yeah, it's a bold prediction. It's not supposed to be something easy. NBC Sports presents. The 1979 All-Star Game from Seattle's Kingdom. It's the All-Stars of the National League versus the best of the American League. The 1979 All-Star Game is brought to you by Chrysler Corporation. See the mileage makers at your Dodge or Chrysler Plymouth dealers. By the newest member of Gillette's All-Star Team, Foamy Tropical Coconut Shave Cream. Every shave is like a trip to the tropics. And by the Miller Brewing Company, Brewers of Miller High Life. If you've got the time, we've got the beer. And by Polaroid, makers of the SX-70 Sonar, the world's smartest camera. Well, to finish off, Hanno, uh, there's one other thing. There's lots of other stuff we'll get to. That Teoscar Hernandez, we got to know a lot about Teoscar, you know, from him. We'll t- we're going to do an episode on him and Wong. We're going to do a here's the new guys, the new the new cool kids at school. We're going to do that. Both of these guys are on the MLB top ten, uh, but we're running out of time here. But we we would be remiss if we did not talk a little bit about the 2023 All Star Game. Announcements? No, they didn't announce the teams yet. Just, come on, the season hasn't started. Dylan but, Moore. Yeah, Dylan Moore. <laughs> Dylan Moore is on the team. Uh, and about the non-roster invitees. Yes, we didn't out. get to the non And we also didn't get to the non-roster invitees. That I say that's its own show. There's a lot to talk about. The non-roster invitees looks very, very plentiful this year. But I would be remiss if we did not talk about a little bit about some of the updates for the 2023 All-Star Game in Seattle this year. What do you got for me, Hanno? So, yeah, during this um, press conference slash luncheon at T-Mobile Park, they had a guy from uh, Major League Baseball come out and talk about the All-Star Game coming up in All-Star Week. Uh, It'll have a lot of the same things, the uh, celebrity softball game and obviously the Home Run Derby on Monday, the game on Tuesday. But he also talked about how last year was the first year of having the amateur draft um, during All-Star Week. So that will be, again, the same thing here in Seattle. They haven't came up with a venue yet of where they're going to have it, so that's still to be announced. Tanya, where would you have the MLB draft in Seattle? Like, where's a, where's a cool place that you would, you've planned some parties around yeah, town? Murphy's. Murphy's? <laughs> there you go. That's, okay, outside of Murphy's, which is obviously the best place. 
But where else would you have a MLB draft? Where would you host that at in the city? Oh, boy. There's a lot of really good places um, to choose from. Looks, I think it depends how big of a party we're talking here. I think one of um, close to the stadium seems like the, the best option. So maybe Jimmy's on first. Jimmy's on first could be good. What about if you're out in West Seattle? How with with the city behind you? Where where would you have a place out in West Seattle if you're like you gotta have a party? Well, with the view of the city behind you, the first thing that comes to mind is Salty's on Alki. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, you can't you can't beat that that brunch. Okay, so we got downtown. We got West Seattle near the stadium. We got the place with the best view. What about the best suburb? And where would you host a draft? I would say we we might have to look at the new Ballard, um, which is Edmonds. Mm-hmm. We got to go ten miles north. Where in Edmonds are we doing this? Right at the ferry docks? Are we doing at one of the spots up front? We, you know, there's a few really good places to choose from. I think uh, if I mean Rory's is you know classic. It's right there, but you got to go. There's the channel marker there if you want to get like if we're talking about a, a little a little bit of chaos. I think we're going channel marker. I like it. Or maybe let's just put them on a ferry. Let's put them on that Kingston ferry and just go back and forth. There you go. Skyway bowling alley. (laughs) Um, Where are they doing the red carpet uh, thing that they've been doing every year, Hanson? Yeah, that'll be a really cool thing where all the players bring their families, their wives, and they run on the red carpet and meet up with the MLB network after. They're going to have that right there at uh, Pike Place Market. Ooh. You gotta watch the heels on those cobblestone streets there. there I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know who chose that. Yeah. It wasn't a woman, let me tell you. Nike did. Nike, yeah. Nike who, who sponsors the jersey. They're like, there's gonna be no high I mean, heels. Those guys are dressed to the nines. I hope nobody throws them a fish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and their wives. I they hope look they, very nice. I hope too. they throw some Houston Astros fishes, and I hope all of them and their wives wear the high heels on the cobblestone. <laughs> uh, what else, what are we doing with the ce- the celebrity softball game? Yeah, that'll be performed and and. And, um, performed is there a script for <laughs> that Sorry. that will be played <laughs> excuse me at t-mobile park on the saturday before um the other thing uh that i forgot to mention i was thinking they should do that at ross park you know yeah the fan the fan fest hasn't been decided yet they're not sure if they're going to have it at that walmu theater which is right next to the football stadium there lumen field or if they're going to have it at the new convention center so for all you've People that have kids or want to come out to Fan Fest, um, they will be having that. It's a big, big it's fun. Deal. I think the Fan Fest, especially for the Super Bowl, um, I kicked a forty-yard uh, field goal. You can go check that out on my Instagram. Uh, first try, uh, but uh, the 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 Fan Fest, I think are just as fun as going to the game. So don't feel like when you go online and you see like a $400 ticket to the game that you cannot be part of the Fan Fest. I've been to them in San Diego. I've been to them in L.A. I've been to them in Seattle. They're, they're a lot of fun. I can't wait to throw left-handed harder than you can throw right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I'm leaving that part in because... <laughs> I'm going to fucking embarrass you. I'm going to embarrass you. Is there any more uh, hot hot stuff there, Hannah? No, uh, not yet. Um, like I said, a few more things will be determined on location, but uh, they'll have those out uh, here in the next couple weeks as far as Fan Fest, where the draft's going to be. 
And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Last time I was at the All Star Game in 2001, it was a lot of fun. It was a so. lot. It was a lot of fun, and and it's changed now. It's really a takeover of the city. Exactly, it's way different. And I think last year they didn't. I believe last year they did not do the fan fest. So, you know, we were still coming out of a lot of restrictions, especially in California. I think this year they're going to get back to what baseball is doing. It's going to be a big party. We cannot wait. All eyes are going to be, all eyes in the baseball world are going to be here in Seattle, I think twice this year at the All-Star Game in the postseason. Uh, but yeah, let's wrap this episode up. We're here at Murphy's on 45th in Wallingford. Shout out to Shelly, who's an awesome, awesome host, who actually hooked us up with uh, a big show that we already recorded, but we're going to be dropping this the first week of spring training to kick off official uh, Mariners back in action. And that is with Tom Hutler, the Mariners PA announcer since 1987. He's the second longest tenured PA announcer in all of baseball. A little bit about that episode, Hanno? Yeah, really cool. I mean, talk stories uh, at the Kingdom. Uh, at Safeco Field, talked about Dave, talked about his time doing some things at the Hall of Fame when Edgar and Griffey were inducted. I mean, it, it was a, it was an hour and a half interview that felt like it was about uh, 10 minutes. I mean, really nice guy, easy to talk to, a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought I won some sort of contest to be able to sit here and talk with him. Uh, Tanya, what were your takeaways of Tom? Well, first of all, he's so approachable and just a really, really nice man. His voice is not... Uh, a professional only voice that is his everyday speaking voice I think he could narrate um, just the smallest moment most minuscule events of a day and it's interesting um, Spokane native yes he is a Spokane native Spokompton native that's right that's right so we've got that in common and 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 oh the owner of uh, Murphy's is coming over here who we were just talking about you uh, how you hooked us up with Tom Hutler tell us a little bit about Tom He's just the kindest guy who just loves baseball. And he's been doing that for so long. And um, being in a band and him coming in here, it was just, it was really fun. I'm glad that he got to be with you guys. Ninja, anything to say about Tom and that episode coming up? He has a really soothing voice, honestly. He was, I was nervous to meet him at first, but his voice just was very comforting. I think the craziest thing is when he first is talking to you one-on-one and you're like, oh my God, the Mariners, <laughs> the the God of the Mariners is talking to me. Uh, wouldn't you say that, Tanya, when he finally was talking to you, looking you in the eyes, that that was like, oh, my God, there he is. Yeah, it's a surreal moment where where a voice that you're so familiar with, even myself, a, a lay person, you know, in, in baseball, more of a casual fan, um, is such an easily recognizable voice. And so hearing that and putting that to a face who's right in front of I you. I think that's what it was. It was, like, so recognizable that, like, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really know what the gentleman looked like, but as soon as I heard his voice, like I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, this yeah." Guy. And it's almost you're just you stop talking and you just listen to him because you're just like, "He's gonna get me out of here. He's gonna whatever's going on. He's taking me away from it. I'm listening to him. He's gonna steer me in the right direction." Yeah, I mean, like Dave Niehaus back in the day, we listened to him 162 days out of the year. Tom, we listened to half of them. You know, with being at Safeco Field or the Kingdom or T-Mobile, I mean, he's just one of those voices we've grown up hearing. It's really cool to be able to get a chance to BS with him. Yeah, and these episodes are coming out the first week when pitchers and catchers uh, 
report down in spring training. We're going to be down there later in March, but just to kick everything off for the season, just so we know that baseball's right around the corner, it was great to just have voice of t- the voice of T-Mobile Park. Where it all goes the down. Voice of Seattle. The voice of Seattle. Well, yes, he's the voice of Seattle. He, such a gracious guy with his time. Check those episodes out. There's going to be two episodes with him. Lots of fun stories. Again, thanks to uh, Murphy. Every time we mention Murphy's, we've just gotten like swag or or drinks. Whoever <laughs> keep going Murphy's something. No, we love it. <laughs> we love it here. Thank you for listening on the Odyssey app or wherever else you're getting this podcast action from. Spotify, especially Apple. If you're on Apple, don't be shy. Say hello. Give us a review. Hit us with that five-star review. We love five-tool baseball players, don't we, Hanno? Absolutely. But you know what? I like a five-star review even more. So hit us with that five-star review. Check us out on the socials. If you got something that's really, really going on that you need us to know directly, hit us up at the email at ryebreadandmustardpodcast at gmail.com. All right, man. I'm going to shut the hell up. Hanno, you know what fucking time it is. Charge. All right, Myron didn't get it. We got to do it again. Yeah. (laughs) Start over. That was a really great warm up. up. Yeah, that was a good warm up. (laughs)